0: Welcome to the Booktopia podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm here with Ben Hunter, our fiction specialist, and today we are really happy to have Fatima Buto with us, uh, author of *The Runaways*, and she's here for Sydney Writers Festival. So, welcome. Thank you for having me.
1: I understand you've come straight from a session. Yes. How did it go? How you
0: Um, really, <laughs> really well.
2: Um, it was the first of the Sydney Writers Festival sessions. I've got another one tomorrow, and then the closing on Sunday. Excellent. Excellent.
1: Um, Do you want to introduce us to The Runaways, which um, Olivia and I have been reading and absolutely um, devouring and enjoying?
2: The Runaways is a novel about what people don't understand about radicalism, but more specifically, what they don't understand about the radicalised. And it follows the stories um, of several characters, but the three main ones are Sunny, who is from an Indian background but has grown up in Portsmouth, England. Um, Monty who is the son of a very wealthy businessman in Karachi and Anita Rose who lives in Karachi too but on the other side of the city Mm -hmm. from Monty and has a very different vantage point. Um, And it follows these three characters and several others um, as they make um, terrible decisions actually and find themselves in Iraq.
0: I think every Good story starts out with characters making terrible decisions. <laughs> but, um, it's interesting. We were talking um, with an earlier who came in an author who came in earlier today about how um, fiction is kind of a, the big cultural touchstone for a lot of cultures um, reading and experiencing different mm. cultures to mm. them. Um, and it's really interesting to have a book that deals with radicalization mm. in such a way because it's such a big topic. Yeah,
2: it seemed to me as a Pakistani, as somebody who is from a Muslim background, it seemed to me really strange that we spent 20 years talking about radicalism, Mm -hmm. but never really talking about it. And, you know, we can only blame the news and the media and the politicians so far. Mm -hmm. But it was always a really shallow discussion. It always was, oh, this is a thing. It happens very quickly. Um, We don't really know what causes it. It must be this inherent sort of virus or something and it impacts people from this part of the world and this religion and that's it, end of discussion mm. and growing up in, in, in Syria as I did and being Pakistani and travelling a lot it occurred to me that there was never any conversation about the pain that was behind something like radicalisation mm. because it's not really about religion at least it doesn't look like that to me at all it's about anger and isolation and powerlessness poverty, inequality, um, and it's fed from all those different threads into this ferocious thing. But if you even look at the sort of recent testimonials of people who have run away and joined things like Daesh or ISIS, they don't really have a religious understanding
0: at all. They don't have a religious background. It's a very Chinese whispers version. It really is. Um, that was one of the things that struck me, reading Chinese um, chapters in particular, Um, um with the character Oz, his cousin, who Mm -hmm. was the one doing the radicalising. And, you know, I just felt so awful for Sonny reading him trying to find some kind of meaning. And he was going to mosque and he was praying and he was, you know, trying to keep fit just to keep some kind of meaning in his life. And then Oz just comes in and because he's bigger and cooler and seems more in charge and just says, no, that's all wrong. Like, what are you talking about? But he's not actually providing any... Yeah, evidence of his own.
2: Well, it's like any grooming, isn't it? It's, yeah, it, and you as
0: a really you kind of go down the garden
1: path with Oz, and you yeah. can see mm-hmm. where it's all going.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think that there is something seductive about the the pitch, you know, and if we don't acknowledge that we can't really understand why so many people are vulnerable Mm. and the pitch is seductive because it says, Oh, you don't, you don't feel like you belong where you are. You don't feel like anyone respects you. And this life you have is not really a dignified, honorable life. Is it? Mm. And you know, you can't have it here because they don't accept you and they'll never accept you, but we will. And not only will we accept you, but we will make you a leader amongst men. And if you're an isolated young person,
0: If you're a lonely young person,
2: that's incredibly seductive.
0: Yeah, definitely. You said um, in an interview recently with Mm. The Guardian that this is the book that has your heart. Mm. Do you want to (laughs)
2: expand on that a little? Yes, it was in a way the hardest
0: of any of the books I've
2: written because it's a topic that
0: nobody wants to talk about, but that's all around us, that Mm. we can't avoid. Yeah, it's just they don't want to talk about it until it's gone, some, until something's happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when
2: something terrible happens, we have this, this cycle that repeats, which is sort of shock, outrage, condemnation, and then amnesia. And, and it's, always a, also, it's always a conversation, if anyone sort of poses it as a conversation, it always comes from one perspective. It's never, you know, it, it never really asks the questions that you need to ask them. Why would somebody, I mean, if we look at the recent attacks in Sri Lanka, you know, two of those bombers came from wealthy backgrounds. Their father was a a well-known businessman. They studied abroad. You know, um, one of the gentlemen, I think they said, was a student in England and then was radicalized in Australia. But why would someone with all that opportunity turn against the world? You know, why would someone like that? And we don't ask that question. We just, we say, oh, God, it's awful and it's terrible, and then we put our heads in the sand. And I think, I think if we look at the causes of radicalization, it's, it's really, there's so many millions vulnerable to it. It's not just about being Muslim anymore. It's, you know, white supremacists. It's right-wingers. It's people who have this strange nostalgia for a time that never existed. You know, what's Brexit and things like that? It's the same sort of symptom of feeling that something has been taken from you and you would do anything
0: to get it back. Yeah. This just ties in perfectly with the kind of the whole theme of Sydney Writers Festival of, yeah. you know, lie to me, like the lies we tell ourselves in order to live. Yes. It's really fascinating.
2: I think, in a way, it's, it's so universal, isn't it? Mm. Everyone is sort of living in the web of a constructed series of lies. And that's where the pain comes from, I think.
1: Um. I don't want to spoil this um, really engaging novel, um, but there there is um, at some stage um, within the action, a a character comes to be a a reformer.
0: uh, Oh yes, okay,
1: and (laughs) is 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 reaching out and is is putting themselves out as um, a a changed person Mm -hmm. and as a um, um, a shining light to others. Yeah. Um, and you get to see the radicalized yeah. um, having their reaction to that. Um, how how did you did you enjoy sort of crafting <laughs> that bit and, and and is that something that yeah. um, is that a is is this a phenomenon in the in the reformer community, if, if there is a community yeah. um, that you've sort of dived into? Tell um, us about that.
2: That was a really great way of not giving any spoilers away. I I'm mean, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um Yes, I mean, I think it's it's very much mirrored in real life. There is this sort of weird sub, subset of people um, who I think have understood that there's not really any glam <laughs> in, in the radical side, but there's a whole lot of attention, money, uh, opportunity, and volume on the other side. And, you know, you have a lot of these characters who have presented themselves as um, reborn-again radicals. And it it's a kind of charlatan character to me so when i was writing that character not to give away the spoilers in the runaways i was sort of thinking about people i've heard and people i've seen and this kind of phenomena of ex muslims or you know these sort of rabid atheist types mm. and i think i think we live in a world where people are hungry for information and people are hungry for conversation and i think it's perfectly Possible to have conversations that don't involve denigrating other people or wounding other people, um, and that subset doesn't do that. They're kind of really into the wounding of other people, mm-hmm. and it and it becomes um, it becomes a position based not on opposition but pretty really based on offense and insult. And so, it's thinking of that kind of phenomena. Um, and also when I was writing The Runaways I had so much more in about that character like I wrote an entire TED talk
0: that he gave
2: (laughs) because it's that kind of world isn't it it's like exactly the forum you think might have you in to be like everything I know about bomb making but like now I have an orphanage and um, and I had that same character as well I had pages of him like tweeting at Trump Um, I had to take it out because it was a bit too funny (laughs) Um, misplaced but I think it's a really unusual character because it's not a character that says, look, I've learned something from this trauma that I've endured and I want to help other people. The position is rather, oh, I've seen the light, Um, I'm amazingly clever, and everyone else is backwards and I'm here to tell you exactly how... It's a native informer kind of character. So yeah, it was actually quite fun to write that one.
1: (laughs) Um, uh, The festival, we've... um, uh, we've been chatting um, mm-hmm. off-mic yeah. um, about how um, how we're enjoying the festival yeah. and um, uh, the fantastic characters that are oh. coming out. Um, who are you enjoying? What are you reading at the moment? Um, oh. What's getting you excited?
2: Um, I'm really looking forward to hearing Rachel Kushner speak yes. I just love all of her novels. Um, I, I wouldn't even say I have a favourite because they're all my favourites, but I did really love The Mars Room, so... I'm looking forward to hearing her speak. Um, I'm reading Elaine Castillo, who I'm talking with at the festival, and she wrote is Not the Heart. Um, and that's a really, it's a really tightly constructed, funny and original story. And so I'm really enjoying that. Um, I've just picked up a huge bag of loot from, from the festival. Good. Um <laughs> I picked up this poetry collection called The Lost Arabs, which I'm really looking forward oh, to reading. Oh, yes, I've seen this. It's yeah, beautiful. it looks really good. And then um, uh, what else did I get? I got um, is it called Lot? The Brian Washington set of stories.
1: I'm ignorant. I'll have um, to go and do some research. Yeah, he's
2: one of the writers. And then um, we were talking about Lanny earlier. I haven't read Lanny yet, but I'm really looking forward to that. You're kind of spoiled for choice, I feel, mm, at this festival. festival. It doesn't happen at all festivals, by the way.
1: And, and we have you giving the um, closing address. Yes. Um, uh, are you uh, ready? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: you know, I, I asked Max Porter, who did the opening. I said, oh, how long? One of did three. You? Yeah, mm. one of three. I said, how long did you work on your speech? And he's like, what do you mean? I just went and did it. And I said, <laughs> oh, God. Um, so no, I've, I've written mine. It um, is It is ready. Oh good. But, yeah. <laughs> but but it's still in that stage where you kind of want to you're tempted to tweak and add things and mm. But anyways, I'm gonna be talking about post truth, mainly. Oh very good. And and what post truth looks like coming from the non
0: Western world.
2: That sounds very
0: exciting uh-huh. for that. I'm really interested in in the runaways, in mm. that not opposition but like this mm. contrast between West the mm. West and the East, mm. I guess or non-Western. Yeah. it's probably a better way to say it. Um, particularly in the ways that um, culture is consumed mm-hmm. by both sides in terms of non-Western like, consumption of culture. Like, Sonny, to go back to that character, he's, he loves Frank Ocean. And, yeah. like, just all of the characters are constantly taking things in. Like, Anita Rose is yeah. obsessed with all of the Bollywood actresses. And I just found that such an interesting way to yeah. examine the tensions between mm-hmm. cultures. I mean... Um, in One Breath, Sonny is, yeah. you know, being radicalized against the West, but then he's still yeah. so in love with the culture on some level.
2: Yeah, I think Sonny is an interesting case because he exists in the West, mm. but he has that experience that I think a lot of um, immigrant families might have, um, which is that you, you feel you belong and you feel this is your country until someone tells you it isn't. And that's a profound shock. And, and then you build this kind of romantic idea of the country your family left. And then that becomes for a while the place in your, your mind, and your imagination, yeah. where you would be fully accepted. And you go there and you find that you're not really accepted there either because they see you as a foreigner. And I think in some ways our consumption of culture mirrors both those experiences, whether we're migrants or not migrants, whether we're East or West, all the time. Um, actually, the book that I'm working on next is a nonfiction book about global pop culture. So I've got a lot of thoughts about this at the moment. But yeah. but I think our references are, thanks to connectivity and thanks to the internet, mm. um, are such a mishmash. And in some ways, that's wonderful because you have access to this world that you can't physically touch or be a part of. But I think it brings with it its own tensions. Mm. How do you absorb that into a lived experience that is different? Mm. Um, and Sunny is, is, as you said, Sunny is one character that does struggle with that, that can't quite negotiate place and culture and his own politics of being. I think Anita Rose does a better job of it. Mm. Monty probably does a better job of it too in a weird way. Love
0: it. Um,
1: in the um, spirit of um, connectivity mm-hmm. and, um, and culture as well, um, with um, everything that is is changing in the way hmm. um, our, our big social media platforms mm-hmm. are changing the way they do things mm-hmm. um, we're changing legalities around things mm-hmm. how things work um, and there's a lot more it seems to be a lot more educated discourse okay. around um, how this stuff is working and how it's particularly affecting young people mm-hmm. um, do you foresee that we're heading in a, a better direction in terms of mm-hmm. um, this stuff or is um, are there, are there many more Anitas and Sunnies and yeah. Monty's in the wings just waiting for more poison to sort of yeah. to get into their world?
2: I think I would say it's kind of the latter, actually. I mean, again, just to go back to the real world, after the Sri Lanka attack, Sri Lanka did a blanket ban on social media trying to limit, well, more attacks or more violence or the spread of information. And I remember reading that and thinking, but it's too late. What are you going to do? I mean, okay, you close Facebook, so what? People have email, people have WhatsApp, people have, you know, all these online forums and portals and um, and platforms that it doesn't really matter if you close Twitter. That It's already out, you know. It's like trying to stop a contagion that's in every home and in every place. And, I mean, in Pakistan we have the same kind of phenomena sometimes. You know, if there's going to be – if there's a sensitive day or something's happened – and the government wants to sort of shut it up, they'll do the same sort of thing in a a slightly cruder way. They'll just close down um, the Internet. Right. So you just won't have, your phone won't, you know, will just be no bar. Mm. And, again, that's so crude, because especially if something dangerous were to happen, what good does it do to disconnect people? Mm. You know, who who might be worried about family members, who might need information to feel more secure, who might... Mm. So we don't know how we stop the poison. I think that's going to be incredibly hard to legislate because what is poison? Yeah. And who's poison? Um, you know, again, we were just talking earlier and I was telling you about a, a question I had at the end of my session where somebody stood up and asked a really strange question about refugees and the question was basically, you know, how do we stop aid agencies like the UN funding terrorists with billions of dollars? And I, when I was asked the question, I I sort of like what, and the woman said, "Yeah, it's a fact." Fact. And I said, ac- <laughs> "But I said, according to who, you know?" And she said, "It's a fact. It's a fact. It's a well-known fact." And I, I know it takes some courage to stand up and ask a question in a public forum. So you never want to say, "Oh, be quiet. <laughs> You're not That's making so any fact. sense." Yeah. You know. But at the same time, I said to her, "I said, well, you know, I'd be really careful with that word because it means something." And I've never heard of what you're saying, and I've been to camps, and I've sat and talked to refugees. And so I, that's not a fact, you know. How do we stop that? So when you start to legislate the Internet, are you going to be closing down poison that someone else has poisoned, but allowing your own? I don't know. I think part of what we can do is be more thoughtful users of the mm-hmm. Internet and be kinder. You know, social media has this sort of sheen of kindness, but I don't think it's actually kind. You know, especially in the way that young women use it. It's the appearance of kindness. It's the appearance. always exactly. a little bit
0: poisonous.
2: Exactly. It's a facade of kindness. Like you look at um, young women commenting on each other's pictures and they'll be like, oh, you look beautiful or whatever. But in their picture, they're trying to outdo their friend or, you know, you're still performing for a friend's approval. And I think we have to be a little more thoughtful about what we're putting on there and how we're connecting to other people's posts. Mm. I almost said work because it is. <laughs> It's a curation. Well, it I mean, is and work. And yeah. the, the
1: characters in your novel have, have, seem to be acutely aware
2: of that. Yeah, hmm. I, think, I think millennials really are. And I think that's, again, one of the things that's been left out of the conversation about radicalism is that, you know, these guys you're watching in videos in Sri Lanka or in Syria, they're millennials. And they have the same impetus everyone else has, which is that they want to be viral, they want to be famous, and they have the same pressure of wanting to be seen and wanting to be validated. And trying to find a space in the world that will clap for them and laud them and follow them, and that's an incredible pressure to put on anyone. But add violence to it, you know. Yes. And we see the same thing. I mean, look at Christchurch. You know, it's the same impetus that that makes a, a man put a body camera in when he's about to go murder um, yes. a mosque of people.
0: Mm. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry Very for amazing. that data no, 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 on social media. But, uh... No, I think it's an important conversation to have, and it's just it's great that we have books like *The Runaways* to kickstart that conversation in a way, even if it just reaches, you know. Yeah. A thank you. hundred people. Thank you.
1: And we have writers' festivals to bring those people together. Yes, we to yes.
0: yes. If only
2: we could make social media as sort of thoughtful as those conversations, I think we'd be mm. on the path to something. I agree.
1: Thank you so much for coming in today and for you. your time. And we are incredibly excited for your closing address yeah. and your second um, uh, panel um, event thing. Um, Thank yeah, you. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Thank you. All mine. Thank you. And you can order the runaways and all of Fatima Buto's books at Booktopia. Thanks for listening to the Booktopia podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if your eyeballs need a workout, check us out on YouTube at Booktopia TV. And don't forget for all books featured on this episode and all episodes of the Booktopia podcast, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore, at www.booktopia.com.au. Thanks for listening.